Good morning, Northwest. Hey, my name is Charlie Rogers, and I want to welcome you today. Uh, thanks for showing up. Uh, one thing that I do is I serve on the elder team, and I'm excited today to introduce an update. Um, I, I stood up here about a month ago and told you, promised you, that you would hear more from us, the elders and the staff, about our mission, our vision, and what God has for us in Northwest Cary and the rest of the world through our body here. Um, one of the words that our staff has really centered on over the last several weeks, and it's a key word for us today, is the word committed. Let me read you a verse that they've been focusing on. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Think about that. As you walk and please God, do so more and more. It's one thing to say that we are Christ followers. We know this person, Jesus Christ, and we give our life to him. But we don't want to be just a status quo or just a, hey, I'm a Christ follower. We want to do what Paul encourages here is to seek God, be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and to walk and praise God more and more. Today we're going to share some things about committed, being committed um, in, in a practical way through our ministry. And our prayer for you is that you come alongside and commit with us. A couple of things off the top of my head on uh, commitment is um, a team approach. We have a team of five staff people that make up the core of our, well, is the core of our staff. You'll get to see them today, hear them, hear their hearts and our ministries. Um, I'm excited as a member. I'm excited as an elder to share that uh, it's, it's been pretty cool to see the resolve, the uh, rallying, and the commitment that the staff has, the excitement they have to God's will, purpose, mission, and vision here in Northwest. And you'll get to see some of that articulated today. The other thing is the teaching approach. Um, you've, you've probably observed over the last several weeks sort of the rhythm. Jerry continues to preach, teach. Matt is teaching. And we're also going to take advantage as, as we move forward like we did with Steve Garcia. He was in town. We know him. Um, and we know how he brings God's message to us. And we're going to take advantage of some guest teachers uh, in the, as we move forward in the future. Let's take some time now, meet some people that you don't know. Thanks. Welcome again to Northwest. My name's Jerry. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, it's my joy to be opening up our time here together. As Charlie mentioned, this is going to be somewhat of a unique Sunday. Uh, I met three families here for the very first time during first hour. Perhaps there are some of you here as well, second hour. Uh, if you're accustomed to some guy getting up there and speaking for 35 minutes... That's normally what things look like this morning. It's a tad bit different. Uh, we're going to be hearing from every member of our staff here this morning, so it's going to be a little bit of a parade of switching in and out awkwardly. Um, but we felt like it was important this morning for you to hear from all of us uh, and, and just our different ministry focus and some of the ideas of direction and mission and where we're headed and what we're excited and passionate about 
moving forward. As Charlie mentioned, we talked about this word committed. And uh, he said we are committed to a team approach. And we've got basically five different things that we want to share with you that we are committed to as a staff and as an elder team. That's one of them. There's no superstar here. There's no uh, guy that's in, in control of everything. We are a team and we love our team and we work together and it's a beautiful thing. We are committed to a team approach. I want to talk to you this morning briefly, eight minutes as a matter of fact. Um, and I shouldn't have even said that because now some of you are like, all right, we'll see how well you do, preacher man, you know, starting the timer on your own phone. But we are committed to preaching uh, the gospel, we are committed to the gospel and the preaching of God's word. I just want to throw that out to you here this morning. Uh, if you've been a part of our Northwest 101 class, which is our membership class or other avenues, you've heard that from the beginning, the foundation of this church was started on the idea that, that God's word is going to be preeminent and prominent there's a lot of different kinds of churches here in the area. There's a lot of great churches in this area. There are certainly some that do a great job reaching the lost. They craft their messages and craft their services and craft their music and craft everything about it uh, to, to draw people in for that express purpose. And that's exciting. And a lot of the churches around here do a good job with that. One of the negative things could be that if you have that philosophy... Um, it's going to be tougher for your people to really go down deep because what you might end up with is essentially a TED talk with a Bible verse tied into it somewhere, right? Um, the knock on some of those churches that they could come across is shallow. We don't want to be that. On the other end of the spectrum, you got churches that are really excited about doctrine and theology and the intricacies of the Hebrew and the Greek and the more history and the more depth you can get and the more confused you can make people in some respects, like they get excited about that, right? Uh, and there's some great churches like that and God's definitely using them and, and we want depth, but at the same time, we want to make things accessible to anybody and everybody that comes in. So our goal here at Northwest is we want the best of both of those two worlds. Okay, I'm not even going to make any Hannah Montana jokes. I am not going to say anything about the best of both worlds. But we want to be reaching the lost. We want people to be able to come in here. And the way we craft our message series has got to be in such a way that they can understand, man, I need that. I need to know that. And there's something real going on in my life. And, and you know, I'm not really necessarily a church person, but maybe that can connect with me. we got to do that. we got to be welcoming to those people no matter where they are. And at the same time, we want to take people and we want to take them deep and we want to talk about the deep um, spiritual truths that are found in this book. So if you've been around for a while, you know that starting next week, we are entering into a 21-week series on the book of Acts. At Northwest, we've got a plethora of different ways that we craft messages. It's always centered around God's Word, but sometimes they're shorter and centered around certain topics. We kind of had that with this last series. You know, I would believe in God, but uh, that four-week series that we did. Sometimes we go through the books of the Bible. We have a variety of that, and this is going to be going deeper uh, into God's Word than, than perhaps we've ever been uh, in a long time uh, to tackle this book for the next six months. And we're thrilled about it because we believe that God's got something incredible um, that will draw people in as well as take our people that are already Christians to a deeper level. Amen to that? 
Okay, and by the way, I need to tell you, a few months ago, I visited a church. I was down in the Charlotte area, and it was on a Saturday night, and they had a Saturday night service. So I went to this church because they were doing some exciting things and really making a difference, and the preacher was up there, and he's preaching. And they were a congregation that said, wow, a lot. Thank you, somebody. So anyway, so this guy's up there, and he's like, blah, 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 blah. Someone's like, wow, wow. And they were a bunch of wow people, and it was really cool, and I got into the wows. So if I say something or anybody says something significant, throw out a wow. It's okay. It's okay. There we go. Don't be obnoxious with it, though. I will call you out. I know you guys. But anyway, we are committed to the gospel. You know what the gospel means? What does the gospel mean? Good news. And the problem with the American church is that we believe in the gospel for many of us, but yeah, that's good news, but we're kind of self-focused on that good news. That's good news for me. If you've taken that step of faith and you're like, yep, all right, I'm a sinner, yep, got it. Believe in Jesus by faith alone, okay. New relationship, I'm a new person, a new creation. Okay, great, I'm now a Christian because I believe the gospel. Unfortunately, a lot of times it stops at, yep, that's good news and that's good news for me. That means that my guilt is gone, my shame is gone. I got a blank slate. Better than that, I've got righteousness and goodness given to me by Jesus. I've got an eternal security. Can't wait to get there. Man, my life is good. This really is good news, but for many, that's where it stops. I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to be a church that's got a bunch of individuals that are satisfied because of what they have because of the gospel. I present to you this morning, and as we're going to see in the book of Acts, the gospel, the good news is not just for us. When you become a Jesus follower, that is also good news for your family. Because you're going to be a better father, you're going to be a better wife, you're going to be a better husband, you're going to be a better child, you're going to be more obedient, you're going to be more servant-minded, you're going to be full of kindness and forgiveness and love. It's good news for everybody. If you believe in the gospel, you're going to be uh, one who steps into a situation where it's going to be good news for your block, for your neighbors, because you're going to be a better neighbor. You're going to be the one that they think about going to when they have an issue, when they need help, or when they need advice. It's good news for them. It's going to be good news for your team at work. It's going to be good news for the guy in the cubicle next to you. It's going to be good news for your play group, for your mops group, for your track team, for your baseball team, whatever it is. If you're a believer in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, it should be good news for them as well. And when we talk about we are a church that is committed to the gospel and the preaching of the word, that's who we want to be. I wonder sometimes if this church was not here, would the community around us even know that we were no longer here? If you moved out of your neighborhood, would anybody even notice that you were gone? If you moved out of your apartment complex, were you making such a difference in the lives of those people and bringing this good news to them because you've changed that they would really be sad that you're not there anymore? Our challenge to you through this uh, book of Acts is going to be that we are going to be gospel-carrying, gospel-fluent people. 
We're going to understand the language and the action of what happens when someone is transformed. Because this is not just the ideas of the apostles. That's not the name of the book. It's not the information of the apostles. That's not the name of the book. It's called the Acts of the Apostles. There's an action element, not just information. So you better be prepared and buckle up over this next six months as we dive into God's word and we really study and understand what did he do in this very first church. And together as a church, we take a look into a mirror and be like, are we doing that? How do we measure up? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is kind of our theme and that's where we get this phrase, you will be, that you've seen all over the place. That's going to be our theme for the whole entire year. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus is talking and he says this to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be, that's the phrase right there, my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all of Judea, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that phrase, you will be, carries along a promise, doesn't it? Jesus is saying, you've been following me around, and I've been doing all kinds of stuff, and impacting lives, and healing, and changing people's hearts. And, but guess what? I'm taking off. Oh, guys, by the way, you will now be my representative, my witnesses on this earth. It's in your hands. And that's the early church. And my friends, that is us today. These were all promises and these were all um, characteristics of the early church of what they would be by the power of Jesus. And I'm just telling you here this morning, we have got to have that as our goal. That's what we want to be. This is what we should be and this is what we could be. And I encourage you to dream about that with us as we dive in in, in, in these next six months. We kind of listed out a bunch of different adjectives. Um, adjectives, is that it? Yeah, I think a lot of them are adjectives. Straight from the text of what the promises of Jesus were and the characteristics that we see. You will be witnesses. You will be filled. You will be one. You will be powerful. You will be persecuted. You will be bold. You will be generous. You will be countercultural. You will be hated. You will be scattered. You will be driven. You will be transformed. All of those things were that early church. And as you think about that listing, are those things going to be the things that are going to characterize our church? Or are they going to be the opposite of those things? You will be witnesses, no, that, or you will be indifferent. You will be filled, or you will be empty. You will be one, or you will be divided, and splintered, and broken. You will be powerful, or you will be weak. You will be persecuted, or you will be comfortable. We can go on and on and on and on. And I'm just telling you from the bottom of my heart, I'm so excited with Matt, carefully selected guest speakers on occasion, to be diving into this book with you so that we can dream and pray and move together on our knees prayerfully and humbly and saying, God, what do you have for us?
How can this gospel be good news to people that are living right across the street from us, right here in Panther Creek? How can this be good news for them? Lord, show us. Lord, teach us. And we want to be people of action, not people of information. So one cool piece that we're excited about is we're going to have a study guide for you available next week free of charge for your family that we've produced, that we've written. It includes a little bit of commentary, introductory to each week. It includes a devotion that you can do with your family or by yourself. It goes along with that concept. It, it, it includes message notes section. It includes application questions. And the idea is that we're going to be equipping you guys as parents, as a dating couple, as newly married, as whatever you are, to be going through this stuff together so the Spirit of God will be working throughout the course of the week in conjunction with the message that we bring on Sundays. And so we're thrilled about that, and that's going to begin next week, and, um, and that's not going to stop, man. This word is our authority, and this word is our power, and we're excited to see where this goes from here. I'm going to call out my uh, two friends here, David and Ryan, and kind of turn things over to uh, these guys here in a minute. I said a minute because I want to say something about them real quick. These guys are an inspiration, both of them. And um, God has used these men and given these men uh, life experiences and knowledge that has been absolutely incredible. And um, uh, not only are we going to com be committed to the team approach and be committed to the gospel and the preaching of God's word, but we're going to be committed to uh, what these guys are going to share here about God's faithfulness to our land. So let's give these guys a hand for their work. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Well, with that introduction, we're not in middle school anymore, thankfully. Um, Ryan and I get the privilege of serving at Northwest in various, two different ways, as an elder and as a staff member. Um, uh, and one of the roles we both play is being part of our land team. Uh, and we have been since the process began, along with some other gentlemen. Uh, you've heard Joel and Ed talked about. Um, Tom Croft is stepping in with us and helping us. You saw him on a video talking about serving in the Carolina Preserve. And we're really excited to be able to represent that team today and give you an update. Um, we promised you um, that we were going to give you an update this fall. Uh, back in August when we uh, finally had a signed contract. And, and what I want to do before we get into the nuts and bolts of where we are today, and then Ryan's going to share a little bit about where we're going, is to remind you of where we've been. Because I was thinking about it as Jerry talked, that um, what he's saying about why we exist as a church and what we exist for and what does it look like for us to be that same reflection of the gospel in our community as we're going to study in the books of, book of Acts is really the heartbeat behind even why we started this process of thinking about a building. Uh, three and a half years ago, some of you were with us, and some of you were like, what is this? We've heard about land, but we don't really know anything about it. Well, we're going to try to bring you up to speed. Um, we'd love to talk to you more if you're really confused by some of this, because why has it taken this long, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we're going to try to bring you up a little bit on that. But three and a half years ago, we shared a vision um, that we called the Irresistible Influence Project. And we shared this idea that we want to be a people in place of irresistible influence, and we wanted to build a campus that would be a place of hope and healing to our community and wouldn't just be a church on Sundays, but would be a place where everybody in this community knows it's a place of rest. It's a place of recreation, of family gatherings, of community organizations using the facilities that are there for others to benefit from it, that we are right on the tobacco trail and that there's opportunities for us to engage with the things that happen, the races and all the various things that happen all around our community, that we have kind of a, a front door right there onto part of that being on a future Wake County Park and being on the tobacco trail. We shared this idea that we thought that we as a church don't exist for a building. Ten and a half years ago when this place first started, you were with us maybe a few weeks ago, when we celebrated where we're at ten years into this vision. Uh, we didn't start with the intention of how do we get to a building. 
Uh, we started with the intention of how do we see lives changed by the gospel? How do we be those carriers that Jerry was referring to? Um, and ultimately, we said at one point, okay, well, God's maybe providing the opportunity to build a building. How do we make sure that we keep that focus? How do we make sure that this building is pushing that core value forward, not distracting from it? And so um, in some ways over the last few years, uh, we would say, well, it's only been a slight distraction because nothing really has happened. Um, and to some of you, you're like, why do we not hear more about it? And, and, and in some ways, I want to issue an apology uh, if you feel like you hear uh, exciting news and then nothing and then there's, you know, maybe another announcement, and then it's different from the previous one because this has been a crazy process um, that we couldn't have predicted. Um, but we are at a point today where we can say that the mission hasn't changed, the vision hasn't changed, and just because our land process has looked a little different than we ever foresaw, um, we continue on trying to see uh, the work that God has started and that we get to be part of here in Northwest Cary, in the Triangle, and around the globe. And that this building is part of that, but it isn't the only reason why we exist, which is why the things that Jerry said are so much more even important than this. Um, but we know that you guys have invested in this and care about this and want to know more. Um, so the backstory is we had to buy 60 acres because to get the 20 we wanted on this map behind me, you'll see um, that blue area, we had to buy the orange area too because they wouldn't sell us just the part we wanted. So we are finally under contract um, as of August to sell that orange area, which is going to be a neighborhood. It's already ready. It's approved by the town of Cary. Our buyer is moving forward, and uh, this has been the first step necessary to get anywhere since three and a half years ago. And we thought this was going to have, we wouldn't even be talking about this today because we'd be so far down the road. But God had other plans, uh, infrastructure, details, all sorts of things that we won't get into here have kept us from being there until now. Um, and, and we're not quite there, but I want to give you the, the really nitty-gritty neat details of where we are today so that you can pray with us and so you can know that going forward we're going to continue to make sure that you know exactly where we are in this process. And so um, we've had a contract since the beginning of August to sell those 40 acres. And um, selling, selling those 40 acres is in some ways comparable to selling a house. There's process you go through. There's money that goes down, but then there's ways you can get out of a contract. And there's due diligence. It's In this sense, it's called the feasibility period. And so you're going to see some dates behind me. And these dates are, um, are close dates, uh, which is exciting, but they're, they're not firm dates yet. And so I just put a little caveat there that I wish we could celebrate that, man, none of these are going to change. These are exactly what you're going to see. And 10 days from now, this happens. And three days, and we're almost there. We're going to tell you when we're there. Um, but I just have to give you a warning that, like, we are so close, and yet um, there's a few hurdles left. And so we want to be clear and upfront with you on that. Um, the, the buyer has been going through all of their necessary stuff, just like you would when you get a home inspection and you check out the HVAC and yada, yada, yada. There's no HVAC. There's, there's no buildings other than our office. Um, but that's ours. But they're doing all their things. They're looking at the permits, the approvals, the DOT stuff, the road widenings, and all those things. And uh, to our knowledge, there's one major task and a couple little minor tasks left to complete for us to be in the place where we can say, it's all ready to go. Here you go. It's yours. Um, and that major task left is to procure a couple easements, which is basically permission to cross somebody else's property for our sewer line as well as some trail access. Um, we have all, everything done except for some final paperwork that's going back and forth between the town of Cary and our attorney, as well as writing some checks because everything costs money in this process. Um, and, uh, and once those are acquired and a couple other little things taken care of, uh, to our knowledge, we're ready to close. And as best as we understand from our attorney and from their attorney, our buyer, uh, they are also on track to close. Um, they, however, have the right at any point to tell us that they don't want to close. 
Um, and that really could be for any reason because they have to do their due diligence. They have to make sure it's a good investment. And so um, right now we need you to pray with us as we've been praying for a while now that uh, they don't find any reason to walk away. Um, they also could tell us tomorrow they're ready to close and we could close early. Um, they know the couple things that need to fall into place and they could say, once you get those in place, let's drop the paperwork, cut the checks, and we'll be partners going forward to develop this neighborhood and this church property. Um, we don't quite know uh, what day they're going to tell us either way. And uh, we are optimistic. Again, they entered a contract. They didn't just say, hey, we think we want that property. They have a contract. They've put money down. And so we have confidence that they are going to close, but it's not 100%. And um, so we just want you to know that. The 25th is a big day. Uh, the 30th is the day that they put more money down on that and really like kind of put the stake in the ground that, hey, we're moving, we're done. Here's this closing date. Here's what you have to do before we get there, yada, yada, yada. I wish I could give you all the nitty-gritty, finer details, but there's so many that are really up to the attorneys to sort out all that stuff. Um, Ryan and I can answer questions if you have more, but we want you to know that we feel confident that we are headed towards closing, uh, but we don't have 100% like it's happening and it's imminent and here's the date and it's done. Uh, as soon as we have that, as soon as we have closed, like you are going to hear about it. We are going to be celebrating it. Uh, we wish we could be celebrating something today, but again, that's not how the contract was written, so we're not ready to celebrate yet, but we wanted to make sure that you clearly understand where we are in this process, what we have done to this point to get there, and, uh, and what's going to happen moving forward. So um, we could be closing on November 14th. Uh, we could close these earlier. That's probably not very likely, but um, they want to keep their money as long as possible. And then uh, it, we could close up to 90 days beyond November 14th if for any reason there are certain things in the contract that have not fully been completed. Uh, again, they could bring something to our attention that we have to go through related to the title or other things, and it's all just um, the attorney stuff and engineering things, and, and those will all get sorted out. Uh, we're pretty confident that we're going to be good on that, but we want you to know and to be realistic with you of where we're at in this process and what's coming up. And uh, we really want that, number one, for awareness because you have invested in this and we know that you are actively involved in this process, but also because um, we're praying specific things and we need you to pray with us. Uh, you're going to see four things on the, on the screen behind me. Um, pray that the buyer is excited about this neighborhood. We're excited about it because it means for us that we're free of the debt and we're able to start thinking ahead. Um, but for them, it's, it's business as usual. They, they build houses all the time. Um, but let's pray that they're excited about this project. Let's pray that something about Northwest Cary, um, the proximity to the lake, the whatever it is, something gets them excited. They are, they're developing other things around the area. Maybe, maybe they've sold out of another neighborhood, and they, just, they know they need to get some more people in homes. And so let's pray that there's some excitement for them. Um, they probably would say, we don't get excited, it's just business, but we want them to be excited. So pray with us to that end. Um, pray that there would be nothing that would cause them to walk away. Um, again, being real and transparent, there, there is that possibility. Um, and that would set us back to, okay, now we've got to see if the next person that was interested, if they want to go down this, this road. And, and we don't have any reason to believe that that's going to happen, but I just pray that that doesn't happen, that we don't even have to cross any hurdles to see if that could happen. And, uh, and if they do bring up any concerns, that they'll be easy to resolve. Um, to this point, they've been easy things, letters here and there. Um, but just pray with us to that end. And then lastly, pray uh, more looking down the road uh, about our neighbors, the people that are going to be living in, on the street that our future church shares a road with, the people that are going to walk across our property every week, every day to get to the tobacco trail, to, to walk over and use our fishing pond, or we go walk on their trails through their neighborhood. Like, pray for those relationships. Pray for those people that we will have opportunities as a church family and as a community to be impacting because those people may not live here yet. They might not 
live in Cary. They might live somewhere else in Cary. They might live in Apex. Who knows where they're coming from? But we have opportunity there. And so pray for those people that are literally going to be our neighbors, that are going to share a backyard with our church property and all those sorts of things. Um, I'm really excited to be part of this. I have been all along. Ryan has as well. Uh, we, uh, and we're excited to share these things. And if you have questions, uh, I'd love to answer them. I know Ryan would as well. Um, so he's going to share a little bit more about kind of what's next after this and where we're going and a few other things from his, his perspective. As a member of the elder team and the land team, I wanted to share with you regarding a question that we've heard a lot of uh, the last several weeks. Uh, that question is, has anything changed regarding our vision for the land or our vision for the building and our ministry campus? As was mentioned in August at the family chat, that three extra years of waiting on the sale and the close of our land has had a variety of consequences for our project. Uh, you know, you got to think we've had three years of paying property taxes on 60 acres in Cary, Wake County. That's not cheap. Uh, we've had three years of interest payments on our bridge loan. And if you couple that with uh, our booming economy, which is a great thing, uh, it's created a booming construction market, which has created severe labor shortage. And that shortage has drove labor prices through the roof. Material prices also due to supply are uh, are through the roof, and then you throw in hurricanes and forest fires, and and that's uh, from those areas is where a lot of our construction materials come from. Um, so frankly, it's not a good time uh, to build. And I've been asking myself this question personally because I'm about to build a, a a new personal house. So I think, what the heck am I doing? But 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 the truth is, um, we're still committed to seeing the vision for a ministry campus become a reality. However, we want to make sure that we're doing this in a manner uh, that is not at the expense of being unwise or poor stewards of the funds that God has entrusted us with. Um, so many of y'all have asked, uh, you know, what's the final budget? What's the final timeline? When are we going to be breaking ground? And uh, to be honest, the numbers we have are out of date. And uh, if we were to set new numbers today, they'd be out of date by the time we get to that next phase. Um, so we're going to focus on what's ahead of us, and that is getting us to closing, as David talked about, and seeing this land come to a close. That will free up a lot of equity. We will have 20 acres in Cary, a great part of Cary, paid for, which we cannot overlook that. That is a huge blessing. That does not happen normally, and I firmly believe that that's God, right? So that, that's a huge positive. Next, you got to think, not only will we have those 20 acres debt-free, but we'll have money in the bank to contribute towards our next steps, okay? So that is a blessing that uh, we deserve, or we don't deserve, but we are obligated to praise God for that. So once the closing is complete, we'll begin to start sitting down having the conversations as to what the next steps are going to look like. And David and I, the rest of the land team and the elders are committed to making sure we communicate openly in a wise manner uh, what those steps are going to be, what our milestones are going to be, and what that budget's going to look like at that time. So this might be the first time you're hearing from David in regards to the land project. I know it's the first time you hear from me because I frankly don't like to get up here that often. <laughs> Um, but 
as David said, if you guys have questions, we have both been a part of this process uh, since before we even had this specific piece of land. Um, so we're well-versed in what's going on, as well as many others on the land team. And all the elders have been a part of the decisions that have been made and the conversations that we've had. So uh, please feel free to shoot us an email, talk to us when you see us uh, at church, uh, or we'll get coffee together and work through any questions you guys may have. Um, lastly, the most important thing that, that uh, I as a uh, representative from the elder team and the land team want you guys to take away from this in regards to the project is that we are absolutely committed. Uh, we're committed to the vision that so many of you guys have sacrificially saved for, you've worked hard for, you've given up on, on other things that you could have uh, to give to God's glory and God's will. And we don't take that lightly. Um, it's amazing to see the generosity and the selflessness of people in our body. And it's awesome to be part of that. So the vision has not changed, even though the timeline and circumstances have changed slightly. So the final price, the layout, the floor plans, the shape of the building, honestly, all that could change. But we know God is working in and through this body, regardless of those circumstances. We're committed to seeing disciples made. We're committed to seeing lives changed by the gospel. This happens not by us, and that's important to remember. It's not by us, but it's Jesus Christ working through us and through this body. That can happen here at Panther Creek as we're paying rent. And it can, and Lord willing, will happen on the tobacco trail when we have a nice new building. But let's not forget that. We're confident that as we trust him daily, and we'll look back one day and see this process that has taken longer than what we wanted, but we'll see God's hand of sovereignty and providence and faithfulness through the whole process. So with that being said, I want to... Uh, bring Adam and Angie onto the stage. They're going to share more about some of the ways that we are continuing to day-to-day focus on our commitment to the gospel. Good morning. It's Angie and I'm Adam, and we're, we make up some of the family ministry team here at Northwest. What's up, guys? Beautiful this morning. Um, so... I'm the director of student ministries, and uh, I get to share a little bit about student ministries. And uh, if you know me, that's not a really hard thing to do <laughs> because um, I love it. I'm passionate about it, and um, my life kind of revolves around, around students. And so um, I'm just going to kind of share a little bit about us as a ministry, um, some exciting opportunities that we have coming. High schoolers don't know this, but I'm going to tell you what mission trips we're doing next summer. Now. I know. It's exciting. Um, so... We, uh, we, our, our mission statement in student ministries is and always has been and always will be to reach and equip students to have a dynamic relationship with God. From the very get-go, when I came here and we started kind of building this ministry with the team that I had around me, um, we just landed on the idea that reaching and equipping and um, the dynamic relationship was, was a really good statement, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, first, we got to reach. Uh, before we have students in our ministry that we have the opportunity to serve and love on and, and show them who Jesus is, uh, we've got to get them to come or get a platform of influence. And so we've got to start by reaching. 
unfortunately, in this day and age, it's becoming less and less that people who don't know who Jesus is want to enter into a world where it's about him. And so we have to really be strategic in our ministry on getting into their world because we can't just sit back and expect them to enter into ours. And so first thing before anything else is we've got to understand the commission to go and to reach. And so that's what we begin with. So this past Friday night, um, we partnered with FCA at Panther Creek to, to help them with a tailgate that they threw before the, the football game. And um, it was just an opportunity for us to be visible, for us to meet students. Um, I got to speak at FCA the week prior to kind of have some face time with students as well. And so those opportunities, getting into their world, entering into the things that they're involved in are really, really important because that's honestly how we're going to reach the masses as far as students are concerned. There's thousands, thousands of students just in like a five-mile radius with these schools that we have, massive schools, um, but they're not coming here. So we've got to reach them. And then we want to equip. So we want essentially students to understand um, just what a relationship with Jesus is all about. We want them to have a very real experience, um, a life-changing experience, so that the love that, um, that they that they understand to be from, from Christ will just completely change them from the inside out, so much so that it overflows into the lives of the people who they interact with. So we want them to be just completely different as a result of what Jesus can do in their life so that they see their friends coming to Christ and they see awesome things happening through their influence and the platform that God has given them. And we want them to understand their role in a, in a local church here at Northwest. And we want them to understand what it looks like for them to serve in, in their neighborhoods, on their teams, um, in their classrooms. We want them to get what it, what it means to serve globally and to have that impact. I say it all the time from the stage, and I believe it um, to my core that this generation is the one that will change the world for the glory of God. And that's why I do it. That's why I get on the stage. And that's why week in and week out I am pouring myself into them. Because I believe that they're going to change things that desperately need to be changed. And so that's why we exist. We want to reach, but we want them to understand, equip them to carry out the gospel and have the, the missional mindset um, that we all ought to have as believers. So we reach, we equip. Everything we do revolves around that. Um, even late night bullying with middle schoolers somehow fits into that. Um, so, but, but it is. I mean, that's why we exist. That's our core. Um, the, the opportunities we have coming up this summer is really a culmination of what we're leading students in um, this summer and what we're trying to teach, the importance of their role in the world. And um, we've done a couple of these trips in the past, and really we believe we're to a point now where we have such an amazing leadership team that we can pull off some multiple big trips next summer. And this is going to be really hard for you guys because you're going to have to choose. Um, but we have two opportunities coming up. Again, just buying into the importance of being missional in, in their thinking, in, in their interactions, in the way that they, they speak to people on a, on a very small local scale, but on a global scale as well. So the first opportunity that we're going to put up there is Camp Barnabas. And so we're going to be doing that next summer. A few years ago, yeah, um, a few years ago we took students, this is a special needs camp, and um, students with all sorts of, kids and adults with all sorts of disabilities, physical, uh, developmental, um, 
they, they come to this camp and they get one-on-one -on -one attention. And so our students a few years ago got to be one-on-one -on -one counselors with some really um, amazing people, but some people with some pretty extreme disabilities. Um, and it was very, very hard and, and took our students out of their comfort zone in a really big way, but it was life-changing for them. And so uh, we want to do things like that often and, and give our students an opportunity and exposure to these kinds of ministry opportunities so that they can see the things they can be doing as they go, go on with their lives and as they get into college and adulthood and, um, and have a broader sense of their calling and who we're supposed to be ministering to, uh, and that's everybody, no matter um, who they are or where they're from or um, what they might look like or struggle with, we're called to love everybody and carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, even to the least of these. And so we start um, locally, and then we go to trips like this, which is, this is in Missouri domestically, but then we also get to go internationally. And so we're also going to be doing Haiti, <laughs> um, which is another amazing, powerful trip that we saw so many great things happen in the lives of students and life change and new thinking and ways of thinking and students that I could tell you their names, but I won't but they wouldn't mind if I did, maybe, that are completely different as a result of the trip that we did a few years back um, in, in the way that they live, in the way that they love Jesus. And so that's why we do it, so that students will get it, so that students will um, buy into missions and want to give up a year of their life. I'm pointing over here to, to my friend Hannah, who, who wants to go and spend a year doing missions work, and others in our in our student ministry that have that have bought into that. So... I mean, it speaks for itself. The students are amazing, our team is amazing, and we have existed for this purpose. We will continue to exist for this purpose, at least until I'm gone, and that's not gonna be for a long time. So I'm gonna pass it off to Angie. Good morning. If you don't know me, my name is Angie Crystal. I'm the director of our children's ministry here, Northwest Kids. And in Northwest Kids, we are committed to partnering with parents to point their kids to Jesus. It's a very simple mission statement. But our goal is to train kids in the truth of the gospel along with their parents so that by the time they get to sixth grade and they go into student ministries with Adam, hopefully they have a personal relationship with Jesus or they're well on their way to understanding what that looks like because of what we've done on Sunday mornings. But a key part of our ministry is not that we can do it on Sunday mornings. That's why we partner with parents. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it talks about teaching the commands of God's word to your children diligently. And it specifically says when you lie down, when you walk along the way, when you rise. Those things happen on a daily basis. We're only with those children one hour on Sunday mornings. We have amazing volunteers back there right now who are teaching them God's word. But they're going to leave today and go home, and the rest of the week is going to continue. And so our job really is to partner with parents, help equip them, help lay the foundation, and reinforce that on Sunday mornings. So one thing we've changed this year to better equip parents so that they have some tools and they know what we're doing on Sunday mornings is we've changed our e-news and Northwest Kids from a monthly newsletter to a weekly newsletter. So today, in just about five minutes, all of our parents with kids in Northwest Kids will get an email that tells them exactly what we taught today. It will tell them what our memory verse is for the next few weeks. It will tell them how today's lesson 
directly points those kids to Jesus because ultimately we know and understand that everything in the Bible, Old and New Testament, lays the foundation for who Jesus is and why we need him. We want parents to have those tools. We've also included in there a preview of what we'll be teaching the following week. Because we believe parents are the most important key to really reaching kids, we want them to have the first opportunity to lay the groundwork for that truth as they're doing devotions and studying God's word each week. And so that's one change we've made and we're committed to partnering with parents. We're going to keep doing what we do in Northwest Kids. We're going to have a great time. We're going to love your kids. We're going to be right here with you to support and encourage you. But really, we want to partner with parents because you have the greatest influence in the lives of your children. You're with them more than we are. The other thing at Northwest that we're really committed to related to children that I really love and I'm excited to bring to you today is not just how we want kids here in our church to know about Jesus, but kids across the globe to know who Jesus is. And we have shared with you the last few years the ministry of Challenge Farm, which is an orphanage in Katali, Kenya, where children who are living on the streets, literally without parents or guardians to care for them, are rescued and brought to Challenge Farm, and that's where they live. It's where they go to school. They're provided their education, their clothing, through sponsors. Many of you are sponsors um, of children there. And so this year for Christmas, we're going to be partnering with that ministry again to provide each of the children living there with a pair of jeans. That is a luxury they don't all have, and that is something they shared with us the kids would enjoy. So that will be their Christmas gift. But my friend Matt is going to come out here, and I tried to think of my corny joke for this hour, and I could not think of a corny joke. But he's got a bag of corn. Um, No one's laughing. All week we made jokes in the office about this bag of corn popping in and out of places and Okay, it's falling flat here, too. (laughs) Anyways, Matt and I aren't good joke tellers. We try. We're going to be providing corn as well because the cost of jeans is not that expensive, and we know that we can really bless Challenge Farm and their ministry. So we're going to provide a gift for those boys and girls, and we're going to meet a physical need of food with 200-pound bags of corn. We're just going to collect donations, send money. They can purchase it much more cheaply there and more efficiently and effectively than we can. We're going to be bringing those details to you in the next few weeks. So we want you to be paying attention to that, partner with us, and get excited about it. If you don't know what Challenge Farm is, you can visit their website, challengeform.org, or see me. I would be happy to show you pictures and tell you all about our trip last year. But we want you to be excited about that. Um, It's a great ministry that really is proclaiming the name of Jesus to boys and girls who otherwise might not ever hear the truth of the gospel. So we are committed to that as well. Matt? That was a rookie mistake. I'm such a veteran, so, okay. <laughs> we are committed to our local and global partnerships. One pastor once said that the church at, at times can drift and be like a cruise ship where everything is about you and for you. We know that that's unbiblical and that's wrong. Another pastor took that illustration and said, the church should not be like a cruise ship. The church should be like a battleship. There is a battle that is to be won. It's a spiritual battle. We're at war. We need to fight. We need to take ground. I heard another pastor say, no, the, cruise, the, the, the church is not to be a cruise ship. It's not to be a battleship. It's to be an aircraft carrier. An aircraft carrier basically has all the soldiers that, that, that gather together. They learn their mission, and then they're sent out. That, in essence, 
is what I believe and what we believe the church is to be about. See, we gather in here each and every week. This Sunday is like no different. We gather in here for a purpose, to connect with each other, to encourage each other, to hear a word from God to help us walk this walk that he's called us to walk. And in, and in addition to that, what we want to do is we want to gather those words and we want to be able to go out and influence and impact people, as Jerry said in the beginning, and as you've heard all through the middle of our presentations this morning. We want to make much of Jesus. We want to bring fame to his name. And that is not going to continue. I want to ensure you that we are committed to that vision. I am committed to making much of Jesus and helping you and I understand how we can make much of him in our neighborhoods where we work in every avenue that we have. I want to celebrate with you a couple of things that have happened just recently within the last, the last month. We had a women's retreat that I had about 70 ladies that went away about three weeks ago, and all the men said amen that they're back. We're glad that they're here. And so they went away for, for, for a weekend over in Blowing Rock, and on that retreat, three ladies gave their heart to Jesus. Three ladies gave their lives to Jesus. Okay. That's unbelievable. They repented of their sins, placed their faith in Jesus, and said, I want to be a follower of him. And when I, when I heard that message, I called two of the ladies that um, brought those ladies to the church, to, to the retreat. And I said, our plan is not to celebrate that they've just been converted. Our plan is to help them to become disciples. So I want you to work with me and help me understand who is going to sit down with those ladies one-on-one, -on -one, and teach them the greatest truth in all the world, and that's about Jesus. Who is going to build, build relationships with them, to talk to them about him? And so I'm just excited to say that there's two ladies that have stepped up to take two of the ladies through a discipleship um, process to help them really not just, just say, yes, I got saved, but yes, I know who Jesus is, and I know what he wants to do in my life. Because we're a church that is about disciples, not converts. Converts fill a building, but disciples change the world. And that's what we're about. And that's what we will continue to be about. So let our church, let us gather together, not just be a crew, not be a cruise ship or a battleship. Let's be an aircraft carrier that gathers together and sends other people, send you out each and every week for the glory and the fame of his name. Um, a couple things I want to celebrate with you. We have a Northwest 101 class. It's our membership class. We have 25 spots in that class, and we have very few that are left. We celebrate that there are a bunch of people that are coming to Northwest right now, wanting to know more about what it means to be a member, a covenant member of this church, and wanting to get involved. And we, I want to celebrate that with you now, is that we are going to start that on November the 5th and uh, at our church office on Sunday nights. And again, well, it's a three-week class, and again, we have just a few spots remaining. I, I want to celebrate with you that our, our partnership with White Oak is continuing. I had to bring some clothes to White Oak this past week. I walked in there about 8.50 in the morning. The only person that was in there was Pastor Tyner. And man, we got in together, we sat down, we just talked, and he said, Matt, let's talk about Christmas. We're going to do this together, right? Absolutely, Pastor Absolutely. In addition, uh, White Oak has an unbelievable need at Christmas time for food. And so they said, what we really need is we need canned foods to give out during Christmas time because we get so many requests of people that are in need. And so when you go to your car on December the 3rd, there will be a brown bag on your windshield. You'll take that brown bag home. It'll be a brown grocery bag, one of the bigger ones with the handles. You'll take that brown bag home. You're going to pack it full of canned goods. You're going to bring it back on December the 10th 
leave it by the trunk of your car. The, uh, the women's ministry team and some others are going to grab that and we're going to deliver that over at White Oak because they told us that's a need that they have and we're here to partner with them to make much of him. That's what we're here to do. And uh, in addition, um, our Carolina Preserve, as you saw the video and you saw our relationship with Carolina Preserve, we want to continue to make much of Jesus in that community. I'm excited about learning at different opportunities with our international community. God has sovereignly positioned and placed us here and brought the world right around us. And what we want to learn is we want to learn how can we reach people that did not grow up here or come from here, that they're all the way from another part of the country. And, and so we have actually had a meeting at our office um, with, the, with some folks from the North Carolina Baptist Convention that they are just really trying to help us understand how we can reach people. And again, it starts with prayer. They've had some prayer gatherings. And we're looking forward to exploring that option about how we can get involved with them, especially as we take a look at the book of Acts. And finally, our global partners. Our global partners are incredibly important to us. You're probably saying, well, what about the, the Pocot people? We are committed to the Pocot people. We are committed to helping them make much of Jesus in their country. We, David has had several conversations with Pastor Emmanuel. Um, we have had, I've personally had a conversation with the Hutchersons in Beirut, Lebanon. There was a need that arose through their, the safe haven home that they run uh, for the ladies, for the girls over there. We were able to make a generous donation from our global missions fund to help them with the need to keep the school going and to keep providing an education and for those girls to hear the gospel. And that's something that I want to celebrate with you and that we want to continue to do. And so I, I just, I want to summarize really quick here is that we are committed to a team approach to ministry. We are committed to the gospel and preaching the word. We're committed to trusting in God's faithfulness for our property. We are committed to families and discipleship. And we are committed to local and global partnerships. And that's who we are. And we want to be. And we're inviting you to be committed to those things as well. Let's make much of him. It's all about him. It's all for him. And it's for his glory. And in the midst of that, you and I are going to find and learn a lot of things about who we are when we put him in his proper place and elevate and glorify him. What I want to do with you right now is I want to ask you to, um, in just a minute, we're, we have a verse in the Bible, two verses in the Bible, and it's Matthew 28, 19, and 20. For those of you that have been in church for a long time, this is incredibly familiar to you. It's called the Great Commission. It's where Jesus was finishing the book of Matthew, and he said, I just want you to go. I want you to make disciples. And in the last verse, it says, here's the promise. Lo, I will be with you always till the end of the age. The journey that we're on to make much of him, he's given us a promise that he's not going to leave us all by ourselves to accomplish it. And in the process, we'll learn so many things about him and so many things about ourselves as we make much of him. And so what I want us to do is I want us to stand before they come and sing the song, God Be Praised. I want you to stand and I want us to recite Matthew uh, 28, 19 through 20. And I want us to do that together. So go ahead and stand right now. The worship team's coming out. And uh, let's go. I believe it's on the screen for us right now. It is. So let's, let's read this together. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me pray. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for Northwest Community Church and what you have done and what you're going to do. 
We stand here today humbled by all the things that you have revealed to us and all the things that you want us to be about. Help us, God, to do the work of the ministry. Help us to make much of you. Help us to see people repent of their sins and place their faith in you. And help us to realize why we are here, why we work where we work, why we live where we live, and why we go to the church that we go to. It is all for you. It is because of you. And we just want you to be praised. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.